You're listening to 17 Karat K-Pop. For more about this show, as well as my other podcast, How to Stand, visit 17karatkpop.weebly.com. There you'll find episode guides, as well as additional reading, more exclusive content, tons of great stuff. And never miss an update, an album review, interview, etc. by subscribing to the free newsletter, howtostand.substack.com. You could also become a paying subscriber on Substack, and that means you're supporting an independent creator and become part of a community, howtostand.substack.com. Enjoy the show! Hi everybody, and welcome back to 17 Karat K-Pop. Really excited and honored that I got to do some official press coverage for AB6's fan meeting in Chicago. The full video highlight compilation, as well as my written review, are up now, both at howtostand.substack.com and at 17karatkpop.weebly.com. I also have a thread of live commentary on the show's Twitter account, at kpopcarrot, so be sure to check all of that out. I also recently joined TikTok at 17 Karat K-Pop. Still getting used to it, so be nice, but go ahead and check out more of my favorite AB6 moments there. So, before I get to the news in the world of K-Pop, I do want to share a few more thoughts about the show that did not make it into my final written review. First of all, I really do want to give another shout out to Powerhouse Live because I was really impressed with how efficiently and how friendly they were in this event. I've been to some high touches in similar VIP events where the staff are just cranks, where they rush you, they're like, let's go, move it, move it, where they're clearly not in a good mood, so impatient, or otherwise just disorganized. This was the opposite. This team was so friendly and efficient and organized. The line was so neat and orderly. They went down the line, passing out masks, offering hand sanitizer. They just were not taking any chances with COVID or anything like that. They very efficiently and smartly decided that the whole line would be around the right staircase. There was a right one and a left one that both went up to the balcony level. So everyone lined up around the winding right-hand staircase, walked down the high-touch line up on the balcony, and then left exiting down the left-hand side, which led to someone handing out the autographed posters right at the exit so it gets you out the door. Very smart and efficient. So shout out to them again. As for the show itself, I honestly was kind of just excited to cover this as a fan of AB6's music, but I try to keep my reviews of shows as objective as possible. And objectively, I really was really charmed by this group more than ever. I had always seen them as having something special, a very specific to them sound that's hard to explain, but they have this AB6 DNA in their work, and that always impresses me, and they are just talented and underrated, and I've always thought their videos are just adorable. They're adorable. But all of that really just, I realized is times 10 what I thought it was before seeing them. Their commentary, their charisma, the way they talk to fans, like it's just a chat catching up with old friends, very approachable, which is what I get it in my written review is how their appeal as a somewhat objective, attempting to be objective observer, appears to be in that approachability. They weren't acting like hot-headed celebs. They were just chatting it up with the crowd. It was a really special, intimate evening. And they actually would stop to try to hear what specific people said, respond to their requests for different impromptu performances. It was really nice to see. Day we saw someone had one of those light-up headbands, and he was like, oh, it's a crown? You're a queen, and that was so cute. 
There also were a few people who were really nervous and scared to go up on stage, but they were lucky contest winners who did get to go on stage. But when they were there, they were just so gentle to them, so sweet, not pressuring them to show their faces, but still making sure they felt like they did belong there. They were very sweet and funny in their banter with the crowd. They also pointed out how they really wanted to include fan voices in the encore song, and so that's what they did before they returned to the stage some really, really sweet messages fans had sent them, like a voice memo type of thing, were put together into this special montage. It was so sweet. So overall, there was just nothing to dislike. It was such a likable event for such a likable group. It was cute, it was sweet, it was special. And it really reminded me, truly, how much this group's B-sides are as high quality as the title tracks. They aren't just like throwaway B-sides. Surreal is truly, really well done. Sucker for your love? Excellent. The little details I also really loved. The outfits were so perfectly made for them and very sparkly. Very just gorgeous outfits. They also had a cute intro where they kept sticking their heads out a little bit, trying to make themselves semi-visible to the crowd. And then the second someone spotted them, the noise would go up so they would just hide again. It was like peekaboo with us. So cute. Definitely made me think of that Spongebob episode because it's me here. You know I have to bring in Spongebob references. It's a compulsion of mine. It made me think of Spongebob, that episode where Squidward is trying to win over the crowd, sticks his head out, and everyone just stares at him blankly or boos. And then every time Spongebob sticks his head out or his hand out, the crowd goes wild. It had that feel to it. They also talked about how much this tour means to them. They had the typical lines, two lines you can always count on them saying, in Chicago, every K-pop act. One, something about Chicago pizza. Two, a joke about the weather. And they definitely did both. So the pros, everything I just mentioned. It was a special atmosphere, start to finish, and that is owed to the fans, the touring company, and AB6 themselves. Everything was so well done. The cons, I will just say, are two little things. One is the length. The whole show was a solid 80 minutes. An energetic, jam-packed 80 minutes. But still, I wanted more. Especially because their discography, like I said, really does have more B-sides that are impressive than you think. They've actually released tons of music in the grand scheme of things, considering how recently, relatively, that they've debuted. The past few years have just been shock full. So they could have had a longer show. The other main concern, I would say, is just that there really were flashing lights. Really, really bright flashing lights. Out of the blue, at different points. Which I was fine with, actually. I thought being autistic, I would actually be more freaked out than I was. But I just worry for people with seizures and stuff that there was no warning about that. So those are the main concerns I had. But overall, this show gets an A rating from me. Really just so endearing. Now, I want to get you up to speed about some more K-pop events coming up that I have not talked to you about yet. First of all, KCON announced a surprise guest will be added to their lineup as of recording time, still a surprise. Everyone thinks it's Psy or J-Hope, and to me that's so confusing, because to me it seems so obvious it's going to be Seventeen. This episode may not age well with me saying that, but I'm still putting that prediction out there. I really think it's Seventeen. That will be the surprise. They're in California on tour that week. Just saying. They also announced more info about that spin-off tour we talked about before. The KCON mini tour follow-up shows in cities. Two-day events. Day one in each place has Gravity and Delightsome as the main headliners. And day two in each city, Tia One and Stacy. 
These shows will be August 22nd and 23rd in San Francisco, Minneapolis, the 24th and 25th, Houston, 26th and 27th, Dallas, the 27th too, I guess, and 28th, Atlanta, the 29th and 30th, and New York, August 31st and September 1st. More info you can keep up with on Instagram if you follow KCON underscore tour. Also, the DPR crew is hitting the road this fall, so to see them, make sure you catch up at regimetour.com. G-Soul is hitting the road very soon to Toronto, Vancouver, Chicago, New York, Fort Worth, Houston, Atlanta, San Francisco, LA, San Diego, and Seattle. For more information about G-Soul's tour, visit kohai.com. NCT Dream's Dome shows will be live-streamed the last night of the series, so you can watch NCT Dream's Dome Show Live via Beyond Live, July 31st. Two personal favorite and overall just iconic J-Rock stars announce North American tours. 1OK Rock, who will start in Austin, Texas, September 19th, and Miyavi, again this fall, another North American tour to mark his 20-year career anniversary. Halloween night, he will be in LA to mark 20 years since his first solo release. You can visit Miyavi.com for more info. As a part of this big celebratory milestone, he is also switching labels, transferring his own to Purple One Star, and released a new single, Futurism, the first off of an upcoming album, which is also part of his ad campaign with Dell, which I would tell you more about, but they're not sponsoring me, so no thanks. Seventeen kicked off their world tour, and the set list is revealed. Now, of course, it could change. Could have been opening night tour different. They could be testing out different tracks and the live feedback to them. So subject to change, but here is the track list from that show. So if you'd rather be surprised, skip ahead a few minutes. Hot, March, Hit, Rock With You, Boom Boom, 2-1, Moonwalker, Wave, Game Boy, Back It Up, Come to Me, Imperfect Love, Monse, Left and Right, Very Nice, Ready to Love, Darling, Crush, Heaven's Cloud, Shadow, 24 Hours, Our Dawn is Hotter Than Day, Snapshoot, and a reprise of Very Nice. I'll make that the question of the day. What do you think of Seventeen set list? What do you really want to see there? What do you hope they add or keep based on this tentative one? For me, it's hard because I love all the songs. Some of the songs did get their shine in the last tour, so I can see why they switched out a lot of those. But the last tour, they did perform some of my favorites of all time. Hug, Pretty You, Getting Closer. The main new one I would still love to see live, though, is Don Quixote. But at least they have Shadow. That's the ultimate B-side I wanted to make sure they had here. More Big 17 news. They are coming to Vegas for a carrot takeover with parties, dance rehearsals, live performances, a movie screening and Q&A, art exhibits, lots of merch, a fashion show, a pool party, so much going on. It's a big carrot-themed extravaganza in Vegas this September, the 9th through 12th. You can visit pollen.co for more information. In other 17 news, Soongwon has a new OST out, Pitapat. Make sure you go check out My Bias Joshua's cover of Double Take on YouTube now. And celebrate the fact Face the Sun is now their first album to spend two weeks in Billboard's Top 25 on the Billboard 200. And the repackaged Sector 17 is coming July 18th.
Shortly after my birthday, I'm touched. Jun Han, long story short, had tendon damage to his elbow. The surgery was successful, and he will go on tour with them, but he is in a sling and will have modified participation. So be patient and keep that in mind when you see them on tour. Total pivot for this next story. The Rick Riordan book universe officially added Namjoon from BTS as canon. There's a book series officially greenlit by Rick Riordan and company. There's a trilogy called The Gifted Clans Trilogy, and the first book in the trilogy, The Last Fallen Star. The second, The Last Fallen Moon, which is fittingly the one featuring Moonchild Namjoon. The author Gracie Kim in ARMY did confirm online that one character is named Namjoon after him, and she said he has, quote, dragon eyes. Namjoon's character in part two of this book trilogy is a yawn, a type of dragon, half snake, half dragon, from the god realm in this fantasy book. Yawns can control the weather, so that made me think of Forever Rain by RM himself. Another superpower his character in the story has, which I thought was a clever idea, brewing coffee that shares your soul. This character brews coffee that is as bitter or sweet as the person it's for. So you can tell if someone's evil or really wonderful, trustworthy, based on how the coffee tastes around them, I guess. Clever idea, and perfect for Namjoon, I guess. This Namjoon in the book is unlike most of the others in his species by being a vegetarian, and therefore less threatening to everyone. A good character, albeit a mischievous one, but that's cited as due to a lack of a parental figure to keep him on the straight and narrow because him and his pack have been split from their mother. The book involves basically a snake tried to become immortal using a magic artifact, but TLDR, it went wrong. So the snake just changed forms and is now half snake, half yawn. This main character, Riley O, has a lot of enemies, a lot of grudges against her, forces acting against her, a group of witches who curse her, and she has to kind of work back and combat all of these things at once, even apparently if it involves sneaking into the spirit realm. Quote, Together they'll fight vicious monsters, discover dark underwater worlds, and race to save the land of the dead from a fate that no one could have foreseen. Unquote. I will link to where to check out this book on my site, and I can only imagine that he's flattered by this, since he loves books, and this sounds like a cute character. Speaking of BTS, let's talk for a minute about a comment that drew fans' ire recently. So as you know by now, BTS are kind of on a hiatus, taking time away from each other to pursue solo activities, acting, fashion, solo music, etc., the chairman of the Korea Singers Association made a comment about basically publicly begging BTS to snap out of the hiatus for fears that the Hallyu wave is bust. Quote, since it's not easy to expect the next BTS or Beatles, I'm afraid that the Hallyu flow will be cut. Unquote. I had two main reactions when I heard this. One was a sense of confusion. Look around you. I just got through with telling you guys about the KCON tour. KCON has turned into a mini tour now. It's that successful. And there are that many acts that people love. And yet, you're like, K-pop won't be popular in other countries anymore? Without BTS? Like, look around. Read the room. It feels obtuse. Not ignorant, but obtuse. Intentionally playing dumb about this, honestly. 
because my second thought was just annoyance because this is I think the quiet part that wasn't said out loud was not please come back because the hall you wave needs you but please come back because you make us more money than other artists you're the most profitable component to the hall you wave that's really what it's about. Sorry, at the end of the day, music industry leaders think about the money behind what they're saying. It motivates people, subconsciously or not. I think it's kind of an excuse to say. It's about cultural sharing and spreading Korean music around the world. That's a front. I think the real, honestly, take is fears about the financial costs, not cultural or social ones. They have taken the genie out of the bottle that's not going back. It's not like people will suddenly stop being interested in K-pop now. No, the door has opened their eyes to this new world of great music. Why would they close that door? I will say that Hybe's quarter one stats recently did show that sales rose 60% compared to 2021. So amid the pandemic, their sales are still rising enormously. Plus from last year, its operating profit actually grew by 62%. They have so many more artists now they are working with or kind of the parent company for now that truly financial worries if we're just talking about finances, nothing emotional. This is actually not something to be as worried about as some people might think. Did Hybe stock drop after the hiatus news? Yeah, of course. But it hasn't like bottomed out or something. They will be more than fine. And meanwhile, BTS is still out there pushing the hall you wave and putting their music out there. They're still in the news. They still have pre-taped stuff that's getting released. So it still feels like we have all this new content from them, keeping interest high. And after all, the other day, they just became the first artist in history to earn 160 different K-pop music shows. So they continue to win awards and break records on hiatuses. So the anger toward this comment, I totally get because let's not let them feel any guilt whatsoever about taking time to recharge. Famous or not, and regardless of profession, shaming anyone, trying to guilt anyone out of time to recharge is wrong. Now that my little rant is over, let's go to miscellaneous rapid-fire headlines. Not just about BTS, but we will start with them. They just accepted an offer to be official World Expo ambassadors in 2030 in Busan after Busan's mayor personally extended the offer. The Daily Show continued to make me freak out more than most Gen Zers probably, but I love it. Anyway, K-pop and The Daily Show collided again. This time, P1 Harmony was the guest on a special segment. Alexa attended the premiere of Top Gun Maverick in Seoul, where she performed both Wonderland and Lady Gaga's song from the movie, Hold My Hand. Espa is set to perform on Jimmy Kimmel Live June 29th. And Espa will be performing as part of Good Morning America's summer concert series, July 8th. They're actually the first K-pop girl group to ever do that. Hyolin has joined Weverse. NCT's Jaehyun is officially announced as the newest Prada ambassador, which I thought he was for a long time now, but now it's being reported like it's brand new. So, okay, I guess I just assumed he was already. He's just a born Prada model, I guess. Blackpink's Jennie is in talks to be presumably the idol in HBO's upcoming show called The Idol and produced by The Weeknd. The rumors are that she's in talks for both a starring role and a minor role. So to me, that means she's playing the elusive idol the show is named after. So she may be in less content, but still the main character. 
ahead of TO1's comeback, there are some lineup changes. Three new members now, and three departing. Woonji, Minsu, and Jerome. Yeonhoon from Wee is enlisting. From his nine members are all okay, only minor injuries, but some were involved in a car accident. And so they did just attend to the minor injuries and maybe the mental strain too, canceled their comeback showcase. But the new album is still out. In more disappointing concert news, for some odd, undisclosed reason, with the venue coordinators, someone logistically dropped the ball, I guess, or something came up, and so the boys' shows in San Jose and Dallas have been canceled. An update on Tag's health, Tag from Golden Child, he was the one who was sick with liver failure, but apparently his health is turning around, which I'm so grateful for, and he will return to promoting with the group except for overseas activities for now, so he's not joining them on the U.S. tour. Some of my favorite cartoon characters and favorite musicians are teaming up. NCT teamed up with Sanrio for adorable alter ego-themed merch at a pop-up store called Hello Kitty Living in NCT Town in Seoul. It's open June 30th to August 1st, and I really hope this is a thing in the U.S. at some point too. And, speaking of, Spongebob is teaming up with Kane Daniel for merch. And I'm so freaking psyched about that. You have no idea. My bias from Twice. I guess it's a lot of good news for me and my biases today. Anyway, Na Young's solo debut album has surpassed half a million pre-orders. And another bias of mine, Taeyeon's SoundCloud surpassed 31 million streams. RM surpassed 10 million Spotify followers. NCT Dream has reached 10 million Instagram followers. And lastly, some quick music video view count updates. 10 million views on Bugaboo's Pop. 90 million Jessie's Zoom. 100 million BTS Yet to Come, Ailey, I Will Show You, and Stray Kids Maniac. 200 million views G Idol La Tata. 400 million BTS Black Swan. 500 million Lisa La Lisa and Twice's Cheer Up. 600 million Lisa Money. 1.5 billion BTS Dynamite. And 1.6 billion Blackpink's Kill This Love. Also, Blackpink is now the first act in K-pop history to reach 75 million YouTube subscribers. And then there is your action item of the day to get to before I let you go. If you live in the USA, you know it's been a very tough time, in more ways than one. Not only has the right to control our bodies been taken away from us, but also the separation of church and state is collapsing. There are a lot of problems right now with what the Supreme Court is doing. I really struggled to figure out exactly where to tell you guys to donate, to sign petitions, whatever, because it all feels so hopeless, like we're powerless over the Supreme Court that does not represent the true majority of Americans. But every little thing we think does nothing, does something, I guess. Otherwise, they wouldn't be trying so hard to counteract the will of the people if they weren't so intimidated by it. So I just encourage you to continue to think local, and especially, don't miss out this primary season. Check your registration status, double check it, triple check it. Make sure your friends and family double check and triple check. And everyone's good to go and knows about prosecutors, district attorneys, local races for people that may not be national names, but are hugely influential, and in what cases they prosecute. So please keep 
that in mind, as well as how we all have a role to play here. So if you truly cannot donate or there are other things you can't do, one thing you could do is offer services. You can take someone to a clinic or you can offer your couch if they can't afford a hotel fee. We just have to work together outside and inside the system to make it more equal for everyone. So voting is important still, but we also just need to look out for each other and recognize that's the only way forward. So please donate and work locally. Look in your area to figure out what local voting rights groups are doing. What kind of help they need? What do they want? Do they want donations most? Or do they just want more boots on the ground support? Figure that out, localize your focus, and hopefully that will restore your faith that democracy can work. It can function, even when it seems so dysfunctional, at the highest levels. Just something to keep in mind. Thank you so much for listening as always, and I'll talk to you all again very soon. Bye, everybody.